welcome everyone to episode 8 of Candled. I'm so excited this week because we get to have another testimony and another guest on the show after so many weeks of just me. Um, so we have Faith with us today. Hello. I'm so <laughs> glad to be here. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, Faith is another really good friend of mine, me, Faith, and Loretta are an inseparable trio so it was only right that faith come on here as well and i'm very excited for all the stuff we have to learn today i feel like i learned so much more about all my friends and just like the body of christ in general whenever i hear people's testimonies even people's testimonies that i feel like i've heard before there's always something new that i didn't really hear before so i'm definitely very excited and you can just start with wherever you feel like is right Alright, we were talking before and um, I was just like, you know, I don't know, like my testimony is different than like some of the other ones, you know, and she's like, yeah, that's exactly what a testimony is, you know, so um, I just pray that this can really touch somebody out there, you know, that needs to hear this. And um, so I guess I'll just start from the beginning, you know, I was born in apostolic truth. My mom was always in church, my dad was in church and um, my grandfather is a minister and he pastored in Channel View for 59 years and so that's kind of where it all began like I lived in Channel View growing up and uh, well for I guess my early life and I was baptized at age six in 1997 and I ended up, you know, I remember I wanted to get baptized. I, I knew the truth, but um, my older cousin got baptized the Sunday before. So I was just like, well, she did it. I want to get baptized, you know. And so, like, I got baptized, like, the next Sunday. And, you know, I think that kind of, like, I don't know. When I got older, it kind of bothered me because I was like, did I get baptized because I knew the truth? Yeah. Or did I get baptized because my cousin did you know <laughs> so when yeah. I got older um, actually just a couple of years ago I ended up getting rebaptized because it was weighing so heavy like on my heart mm-hmm. about my intentions on getting baptized and not that it didn't count you know I believe like it did it was just something that the <laughs> enemy kept using against me you know so I just kind of wanted to like put that out there because I think children when they want to get baptized they should get baptized but um I think the enemy can attack it, especially yeah. even later on in life, the enemy can attack you in that area. You know, at age eight or nine, I was at church in Channel View, and uh, you've been there, you know where that little mirror is on the wall? Oh, yeah. Like, uh-huh. yeah, so that used to be the nursery. And so we were sitting in front of that, me and my cousin, and uh, she's sitting, you know, like on the end and I'm sitting like right next to her and we're like you know it'd be cool if we pull out the songbooks and we uh we sing along okay so we're like we pull out the songbook we turn to the page and we're like you know we're singing and she's like let's raise our hands like that would be cool you know so like we're <laughs> clapping our hands we're raising our hands and I guess we're just like really into service that night I don't know but I went from sitting down, having the songbook in my lap, to one hand raised. And when I came out of it, I was standing up, don't know where the songbook went, both hands are raised. I'm like, have tears are covered my face. Mm-hmm. My cousin got scared and is sitting behind us, like next to her mom. 
and I'm just like had been worshiping and praising and you know I don't know if I spoke in tongues like I at that moment I don't maybe I just didn't know exactly like what it was but I know I had like a very strong encounter with the Lord and I was completely changed from then on out like I remember leaving that service and just feeling so happy and joyful and you know all those things that you feel when you receive the Holy Ghost and I've never quite had like a moment like that again where I just completely like black out and have no Mm -hmm. like (laughs) control over what I'm doing or even remember what I'm doing um and I think that was like such a beautiful experience and I'm so glad that I had that as a kid you know yeah and can look back on that um I mean the Bible says Christ even said himself suffer the little children to come unto me and it's like when we I feel like there's such there's such power and anointing in the little children of the body of Christ like they they just have like such a hunger they don't even know you know like when they see their parents or like people around them like Mm -hmm. a lot of people really underestimate that like the young people the younger generation of the church paying attention to what they see what they hear you know like what they feel around them and that's Mm -hmm. always been I've had so many experiences with that just in my short time in church that have made me like so thankful for the little children that we have like just to see their sweet spirits and like them being able to enter into the presence of the Lord and how it even helps them at such a young age it's like it's very special it always chokes me up because when you see a young child like crying like real tears of the Lord and you're like what are you crying about you know like what could you have possibly done in your life you know Mm -hmm. it's like so where you're having to repent but it's just that's what the spirit of the Lord does like it's so humbling that it's when you come you know into the presence of the Lord you just you can't contain yourself yeah and it's like we only see you know for a certain time in their life they only cry if they're missing one of their basic needs like they're I'm hungry I need to be checked on I need affection I need whatever and it's kind of like I feel like that's for me that's how I interpret it as they're crying because they just realized oh I have another basic need and like it's being met and Mm -hmm. I always think that's so it's it's special right very much well my life kind of changed um after after that at nine we ended up moving to um a little small country town Iola which was like 30 minutes from college station Mm -hmm. and so my whole structure kind of changed I think you know I moved from like being under my grandfather as like my spiritual leader under you know um actually we kind of moved a few churches trying to find the best fit, but, uh, it was just, I don't know, everything changed. Like my granny was like, I was so close to her and she was like my best friend. And I was like, kind of pulled out from there, but it ended up being just like the best thing ever possibly that we could have done. Mm-hmm. And, um, my family, you know, all we had was each other, you know, we were like away from all our other family at the time. So, my dad um, had a more stable job to where he wasn't traveling as much. And so I just have like so many memories from that time in my life, from like nine to like 13, 14. And because our family was just together, we were having to rely on each other. Mm-hmm. And we had just like all this land. I We personally didn't own a lot of land, but. I was just covered with land on all sides, you know, and so it was just, that was your playground, and we had so many animals, 
And uh, I'm just so thankful for that time because it really, I, I guess, impacted, you know, my life. And it was only just such a short time. But to have that close family knit is what so many people nowadays are mm -hmm. lacking. And you don't realize how much you need it until it's gone. And so, yeah. uh, you know, at 13, some things kind of started changing. I really, you know, my grandfather had always preached and always like kind of drilled into my mind was um, search the word for yourself. Like you cannot ride in on my coattail, on another pastor's coattail, on your mom's, you know, beliefs. You have to get an understanding for the Lord yourself, you know, and the Bible yeah. is clear on that, you know, seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And so that was kind of always drilled in my head and like, he would all, I mean, he would always tell me that, like, pray for a desire to know him and to get to be close with him and to have just that knowledge in Christ for yourself. And so at 13, I remember just really praying that prayer a lot and being very sincere about it and reading my word and coming across things I didn't understand mm -hmm. and being like, Mom, like, it says, you know, be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You know, I yeah. remember going up to her and asking her that. And she was like, Faith, you know, what's the name? And I'm like, Jesus. And she yeah. was like, yes. So, you know, we baptize in the name of Jesus. And I was like, oh, you know. But I was like getting those revelations myself. Nobody yeah. was kind of telling me that. I was like reading it and just like, oh, you know, like so many things are kind of opening up. But, you know, you're 13. So, yeah. It, you got a while to go. <laughs> yeah, I would be in it some days, and some days it wouldn't be in it. And I would just, you know, it, it, it was a long process. But at that time, um, my dad also started traveling, so he wasn't home a lot. So my family structure kind of started to, like, struggle. But I was uh, going to a really good school, and I was really involved. And so I had, like, I, I had a lot, you know, I was focusing on. And... Um, and then at the age of 15, we had actually been going, coming to Channel View on the weekends mm -hmm. for like about a year and helping my grandparents out. And my mom just kind of felt in her spirit like, okay, my dad, you know, usually wasn't coming with us. And so she was like, I really think we need to go to church closer to us and just kind of, you know, help our family structure out. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard when you have one... Uh, family member that's gone a lot you know especially your parent I mean you understand yeah I can um definitely be taxing on everybody's relationship so we end up um going to a church you know close to our home and uh I'd I, we had actually gone to the church before so we we're actually coming back and my dad you know is attending and like a month after we leave my grandparents it's not like we left, but, you know, we just kind of yeah. weren't able to come every weekend. Uh, my uncle dies. And that just rattled our whole family. It was a very tragic death. And it split up uh, his family from our family. And that was just, ugh, I can't explain it. You know, when you have situations like that that happen, it really, really affects affects you yeah. and I was there that week um, right before he had passed away 
and when it's something tragic you kind of go through your mind like I could have done this differently I could have done that differently I I should have done this and even at the age of 15 you know like I was hit with all those things Mm -hmm. and so that definitely opened a door for the enemy because you're you know and you try to be strong you don't you don't even think you really need to talk about it but it definitely rattled um so I mean our entire family and our close-knit that what felt like we were close I mean we had like Sunday dinner like every day together yeah that's you know, my, def- I would definitely consider that as close-knit <laughs> yes like my granny made Sunday dinner Sunday lunch but every every Sunday you know mm-hmm. and um, we all went to church together and so it was just that all changed and um, it was just it, it was quite amazing because the Lord took us from there knowing that we wouldn't have left had my uncle had died when we were still there yeah. you know we would have felt that burden but he knew exactly where we needed to be and so um, my dad ends up getting like another job where he's even traveling more mm-hmm. And um, it's a great job, but, you know, he's just... Gone a lot. Gone a whole lot. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that, you know, I'm, I have a lot going on at school. I'm in, like, so many different organizations and, and stuff. So I tried not to really, like, dwell too much on it. Because when you're really involved with that, you're barely home anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but... About two years after my uncle dies, my parents split up, and I'm at, I'm 17, and my next sister just turned 12, and my youngest sister is seven, and so, I, I mean, I knew it was coming. You can kind of see the signs at 17, mm-hmm. you know, but it still rattles like your entire world, and even, you know, you kind of like work you know it's coming you're kind of like telling yourself like working yourself up to it you know yeah, like, trying to prepare yes but like it hits you just like a bomb mm-hmm. and when it's finally out it just um it changes your entire world yeah and so that really i guess played a lot into my life um my mom ended up getting a second job to be able to provide you know certain things and so that meant I was home with my sisters and trying mm-hmm. to do those basic things. Like, yeah. I don't know why. I mean, like, I'd help my mom cook, but, like, I didn't know how to cook by myself, mm-hmm. you know? So after so many nights of cereal, like, you get hungry eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, like, having to call Granny, and I'm like, uh, Granny, I found some frozen chicken, you know? Like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what did I do? And she's like, well, you're going to heat up the oven. I'm like, no. no. <laughs> Anything like, but the oven. I'm just like, we're hungry now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, the oven's going to take too long. Mm-hmm. Like, I, we need to eat now. And so she's like, oh, okay, well, you know. So she's, like, coaching me through all this. And it's, mm-hmm. like, before, I don't know. I mean, we lived out in the boonies, so we did not have, like, good internet. And we didn't have the internet on our phone, so it's not like yeah. you could Google things. So she's, like, coaching me through that. And I'm like don't know how to wash clothes exactly you know (laughs) like I get the general concept you know you separate it you know but I didn't know like what setting to put it on I didn't want to like ruin all her clothes and so I'm like granny you know Mm -hmm. my mom's at work so I can't call her and so you know I'm just like learning how to do all that by just being thrown into it and yeah you know having to just make sure that my sisters 
have everything that they need and you know everything's just we're surviving you know my mom my mom is doing a great as the best she can do yeah and uh, she did a great job considering everything and then not only the physical things you have to go through but it's like the emotional things oh yeah and that was a whole nother story you know you're we lived in a small town so I was hearing everything you know like Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff you know about my family and some things you're like uh well I didn't think that before but yeah I think that's actually true you know Mm -hmm. so I'm like finding out truths from like other people yeah and uh that was that was hard you know and this is my senior year it's supposed to be like the best year of your life and it's difficult it's very difficult yeah and I definitely you know am praying more and like reading my word more because I have to I have to have it to survive yeah it's your lifeline right at that time and I remember one night I was coming from somewhere and it's pitch dark at night and I'm just I look up at the stars and I say Lord you said you will not put on us more than we can bear and I was like I'm this is more than I can bear like I can't go much more like I don't I'm at my wit's end and you know I don't hear like thundering from heaven or nothing happens I just like I say that and it was literally the next church service this man of God comes up to me and he actually doesn't even like didn't go to our church his uh, girlfriend did and he comes up to me and he was like you know I know you're going through a lot right now I don't know exactly what's happening but he goes the Lord told me that the light switch is on and he's about to turn it off and so I'm just looking at him you know because I I don't even think I've ever gotten a word from the Lord Mm -hmm. like that you know it was kind of like my first one I guess and he was like you know when a light is on you can't touch it because it's so hot and he said but when the when the Lord turns off that light switch it's gonna take some time but it's gonna cool down and Mm -hmm. it's not gonna be so hot and I was just like you know okay and during that season of my life I got called out so many times like from visiting preachers and stuff because I guess I just wore it you know it was just raiding Mm -hmm. off of my spirit I needed it but the Lord uh you know saw us through that really hard time and uh you know I go to college and uh he's just he's working in different areas of my life and I I don't know I never really like stray away from the church I was never really put in situations where it was like, uh, you know, try this drug. Like, nobody ever offered me drugs. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever offered me alcohol, like, ever. Like, everybody kind of knew, like, oh, she she lives this way. She stands for this. And I owe that kind of, like, to my parents. You know, my mom was really good about, we don't do this because this is what the Word of God says, and we want to please Him. Yeah. And so, you know, I was in sports. I was in band, and I always did it in a skirt. I'm sure people thought I was weird, you know, and out there and um, didn't cut my hair. But, like, those situations, like, I and maybe it was because I was from a small school, you know. But people, I, I think, honestly, it was like the Lord kept me. He mm-hmm. was like, you know, I'm not even going to put you through these areas. And I was tempted, for sure, in other areas of my life. And I failed in a lot of other areas, you know, mm-hmm. sin, for sure. But, um in college, you know, I was never put in that situation again. Like, I guess I had surrounded myself with good people who were respectful of what yeah. I stood for. <clears throat> and, 
you know, as I said, like when I was 13, I'm still like seeking the Lord and um, it comes like in phases, I guess, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm still searching the word and I'm praying and the Lord is showing himself to me. But I, I like don't even know what to do with it, you know? Yeah. And I remember like taking scriptures to my grandfather and being like, so I read this, you know, and we would like kind of talk about it. And um, I would definitely pray, but I didn't know really how to pray. Yeah. You know, so, and everybody in my family, you know, they were living, they were living right. They were in truth, but I didn't really know they just weren't showing me not that they didn't have one but they weren't showing me like a relationship with god how you can yeah. have like an intimate relationship with the lord and how you can speak to him and he'll speak back mm-hmm. you know and like i know that in my mind but like i'm not seeing it yeah and so that kind of i th- i wish i would have just sought after that more you know looking back on it but so i'm in college and i meet this guy and um, I had been in a relationship for like four years prior to meeting this guy. And we had been broken up for like, for a while. And I meet this guy and I'm just like, wow, like he's everything I want, you know? Like mm-hmm. I see myself with him, like, you know, he's hitting all the stuff on my list. And, you know, I'm like praying, I'm like, Lord, is this your will? Like, yes, it's your will, you know, of course. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. He's a dream boat. <laughs> and I don't really know like the voice of the Lord to like be able to clearly hear him Mm -hmm. but I'm going to church you know I'm being used I'm all this stuff and I didn't realize I had a relationship with the church I didn't really have a relationship with the Lord Mm -hmm. and so I mean I do pray like don't get me wrong I am praying I'm reading my word but it's it's just enough it's not where it needs to be yeah Yeah. it's just surface it's not depth Mm -hmm. and um so we're dating and like we get engaged and we kind of have some conversations where it's like we're talking about what we believe and I'm like you know well, I'm still like searching and seeking after the Lord because I feel like he's going to reveal himself to me and that's kind of like what I've been taught and it kind of hits heads because he's like well I don't really know that he has a problem with it mm-hmm. um, he doesn't really open up to it but one day he like comes over to my house and he's like you know, I just can't do this anymore. And he breaks it off. And at this point, we're two months away from getting married. So everything's paid Party, for. Yep. Halfway mm-hmm. paid for. You know, like, dress is bought. Like, invitations were already bought. Like, about to be mailed out. And, you know, I'm a hit with this bomb. Yeah. And so, you know, of course, like, I call my pastor. And I'm like, listen, this just happened. Um... I don't know, you know, and so he was like, well, actually, he just called me too, you know, and he was like, so we set up a meeting, and at this point, I don't understand spiritual authority, you know, you kind of always hear, you need to be submitted, but it's not really practiced, I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, but also, if your pastor's not under spiritual authority, how can anybody really be under his spiritual authority? Yeah. So... I don't understand that at the time, you know. I just learned that in the last couple of years, but now it makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. And so we're um, we're meeting with him, and he had already spoken to the pastor. Uh, it was obvious he had already spoken to him, and so I'm just kind of like hit, mm-hmm. like really hard, with all this. I wouldn't say lies, but 
just not truth. Like they weren't, it wasn't truth. And yeah. so I'm trying to defend that. I feel like we all have to get, you know, revelation of Jesus ourselves and that I can't just accept whatever is taught to me, you know, that I can go through as many lessons as you want, but ultimately it's going to be the Lord who reveals himself and that's what I'm going to stand on. Yeah. Well, that was just kind of pushed to the side, you know, and I'm told some very, very harsh things. And so I'm leaving that meeting thinking like I'm going to hell, that I'm all these things that were kind of spoken about. That wasn't true. You know, it wasn't true, but I was told, okay, you have to 100% accept, you know, what is preached here, what, you know, is said here, what we stand or what we base our religion on. You have to 100% stand on that. Mm -hmm. If you want to get married, so he'll marry you. And so I'll marry Mm y'all. And so, you know, of course, like, I want to get married. And of course, I love him. But like, this is a vision I see for my life. You know what I mean? So like, it was the vision that I was having to like, separate. And so I'm, I'm telling you, I'm in like, turmoil. Like, I can't sleep. I'm tossing and turning. Yeah. I had just had surgery like four days before. So I'm trying to like, recover from that. And I'm also like, I'm in my final year of college, so that means I'm student teaching, mm-hmm. and it's just like the worst possible time. And so I'm just, you know, I'm I'm praying, I'm reading my word, I'm trying to defend myself, and it's a mess. Like it's it's just a mess. I can't I can't get anything straight. I can't hear from the Lord, and um, I know, I deep down I knew the decision, but I was having to let go of that vision having to let go of this is what where my life where I wanted my life to lead Mm -hmm. and now I'm going into the unknown and you know my support system is no longer there yeah so you know we finally meet on the third day and well actually at that morning my mom was like you know I've been up all night praying and just I didn't I don't know what to tell you And she was like, but I just want to read you a few scriptures. And so she had asked me, she was like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, mom, I don't know. And she was Mm -hmm. like, well, I want to read you these scriptures. And so she reads me um, Galatians chapter 1. And I encourage everybody to go read the whole chapter. It's um, a great chapter. But I'm going to start at verse 10. Now, am I trying to win the favor of men or of God? Do I seek to please men? If I were still seeking popularity with men, I should not be a bondservant of Christ the Messiah. For I want you to know, brethren, that the gospel which was proclaimed and made known by me is not man's gospel, a human intervention according to our pattern after any human standard. For I indeed did not receive it from man, nor was taught it, but it came to me through a direct revelation given by Jesus Christ the Messiah." And when she read that to me, peace just came over me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's what I've been feeling in my spirit. It's just been hard to get there. It's been really hard to get there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I'm not going to cry. It's okay. <laughs> but that really changed things and gave me the confidence to be like, all right, 
I don't feel comfortable marrying you now, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, I have to get this myself. And I don't care who tells me I'm going to hell by not believing what they preach. I was like, if I don't get it in my spirit from the Lord, from his word, and I just go mindlessly along, just accepting whatever is like coming, come across, you know, whatever platform I was like, I don't think I can make it that way. You know, it has Mm -hmm. to be my own. Like I, I can't just accept whatever it has to be my own. And I'm not saying, you know, like, the Lord has given us pastors and teachers, and they're for a reason, and they're for a purpose. And I believe 100% that He speaks through them. But at this point in my life, my pastor wasn't under spiritual authority. Mm -hmm. That meaning I wasn't able to truly be under spiritual authority. And there was a whole breakdown in the system. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand that he didn't understand that you know and i'm not like bashing him in any way he did exactly what he thought was right yeah. you know and i respect that i respect what um my ex-fiance what he he did what he thought was right and ultimately in the end it was the lord who was like he is not the one mm-hmm. i'm breaking it off and actually i'm not just breaking it off but i'm calling you out of this church because i have something better for you mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, like, I'm not just shown love or grace or mercy, you know, it's just, it's hardcore teachings, it's hardcore, um, you know, you got to believe this, this, and this, and things are coming again across the pulpit that was said in private, and my feelings are really hurt, you know, and I feel ashamed. So, we, I end up, I graduate from college one month later. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm applying everywhere, literally everywhere, and I want to stay in the area that I'm in, but I'm applying like in a 40, 45 minute radius, mm-hmm. every school possible, I don't care where you're at, like I just want a job, nothing, and it like does not make sense, because I graduated at the top of my class, like mm-hmm. I should have easily been able to get a job, it just, it makes no earthly sense, Yeah. Know? And so I'm like, you know what, Mom? I'm just going to, like, move to Dallas. I've, I have a lot of friends that go to this church. You know, I've been, like, reaching out to a man of God over there. And I've just really been feeling, you know, like, maybe that's where I need to go. And she's like, listen, Dallas is far. <laughs> she's like, no way are you going yeah. to Dallas. She's like, Dallas is far. And my grandmother was uh, very ill at that moment, too. So she was like, maybe you should just move closer to Houston. And I was like, fine. I'll just, like, apply in Channel View. And, like, mm-hmm. Channel View is where I grew up. So naturally, I applied there. And I get, like, an interview, like, right away. And... Uh, like two days after that interview, I actually get a call from Brian. And I'm like, yes, that's where I want mm-hmm. to stay. You know, I want to stay there. I don't want to move. And it was like the worst interview possible. <laughs> I was just like, Lord, did, yes. I, did everything that happened need to happen? You know? Ex- exactly. Like there was 11 people in that interview. <laughs> Okay. That's like a, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. And so, like, I walked out of there knowing it wasn't a good interview, but I had, like, hope. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Lord, like, if it's your will, yeah. you know, like, let <laughs> He's me. like, it's not. Just wait. Exactly, right? 
So I even get, I get the call from Channel V, yay, you got the job. And I'm like, well, let me think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I don't want to move. I don't want to move to Houston. I don't want to move to Channel V. And I got a call like later that night and was like, you better accept that, that mm-hmm. uh, job. And this is from like the HR people in Channel V. So I was like, yes ma'am, you know, so mm-hmm. I went and like accepted it. and. Here I go, like I move off and I end up moving with my grandparents because they really need the help. And my grandmother is like very ill and can't do anything for herself. And so Mm -hmm. I move in with them and I kind of have a great summer. Like I'm traveling, you know, I'm I'm like, yes, I can do anything by myself. (laughs) I'm graduated from college. Right. And um, I just, I'm really like diving into the word because I'm like, you done told me I'm going to hell. Like, no, what, what do you, like, Lord, you tell me, you know, and Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm digging in, but honestly, like, I'm kind of digging in to, to see, okay, which side is right, which Mm -hmm. was probably not, I mean, now looking back, I'm like, Lord, it's not about a side, it's about you, what is your word say, I don't want to learn about anybody else's side, and so he was revealing, I mean, I was, he was revealing so much, Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. It was amazing. I was like understanding. I could quote, I was quoting scriptures. Like I was able to tie things together, you know, by his leading. And then and I start working and my granny dies uh, six months after moving in with them. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of also rocked my world. I mean, we were so glad that she wasn't in pain anymore. Mm-hmm. And that she wasn't suffering and that she was just, you know, with God. We knew exactly where she was. But it was just, you know, like so many tragic events after another. Yeah. And the weight of all of it just like got me so far down. And I was, um, it kind of really led, like all of these things led into depression and hopelessness and despair and just rejection you know you name it like all those sad you know dark spirits just were attaching themselves to me and you don't really realize you know you're just like trying to bounce back and you're trying to you know do those things that you know to do but I it was almost like I had given up and I had just been like whatever and I, that's kind of the place I was at I was just like whatever I was dealing with a lot of anger angry that had lost my whole church family mm-hmm. you know I and it's not that people intentionally stopped like reaching out to me or didn't reach out to me during that process it was just they didn't know what to do yeah. and things were being said they didn't know they just didn't know what to believe mm-hmm. and of course they're gonna you know follow their pastor which they should and but it's hard it's really hard as a child of God knowing that you know you say to seek you and Mm -hmm. I'm being persecuted for seeking you you know and that's that I can't tell you like it was it was just very very difficult and so I'm just like I don't want to be Pentecostal anymore you know and Mm -hmm. my standards start slacking and 
I'm going to my grandfather's church, still a UPC church, you know, but I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to any of you UPC conferences. I don't want to go to any. <laughs> I'm not going to any of your right. camps, nothing. No, nothing. I was just like, I'm done, you know, and I'm basing all of this off of like one man, you know, one, yeah. one, one person yeah. who, you know, was young. He was a young pastor. Like he wasn't very old. So he, he was learning, you know, but I was just like, oh, it, I think that season, it was three years. That by the time my, I guess my granny had died, it had been three years. And I, it was just like a season of dryness. And that's kind of mm-hmm. like how I felt, a season of dryness. And I w- would do things to like numb my spirit and my mind. And, um, you know, one night I get up from what I'm doing and I come back. And as I'm walking back, I hear the Lord tell me, you're not getting a husband until you get a relationship with me. Ooh, talk about conviction. <laughs> yes. But I was in, I, I'm telling you, I was so angry in such a dark place. My response to the Lord God was, I don't want a husband. Ooh. And that was my <laughs> attitude. I literally said it out loud. I don't want a husband. And you know, how dare you say that to the Lord? But yeah. also, he knows our heart. He's so gracious. Yeah, he just, oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, so I'm just, that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And then um, my mom starts dating this guy. And every time we see him, he's like, you got to come to my church. You got to come. And I'm like, listen, I have a church. <laughs> okay. I go to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. I'm used at my church. Okay. I don't want to go to your church every time and I would tell Hope if he asked me to come to his church one more time I'm gonna blow up you know I just can't (laughs) control myself anymore and uh he just does not let up and then my mom ends up marrying him Mm -hmm. so I think I the first time I visited the sanctuary of Houston it was uh 2016 in like July Mm -hmm. and Everybody can tell I don't want to be there. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want to be mm-hmm. there, you know? Like, I don't want to be Pentecostal. And it's, I wanted to move to a different apostolic organization, basically. Because mm-hmm. I knew what I had was truth. And I just wasn't being met with mercy and with love. And I had such a negative experience that I was just, I don't trust none of y'all. You know? Yeah, you were hurt. Right. And so... She ends up marrying this guy, you know, and I'm like, okay, you know, so now I'm like around these church people a little mm-hmm. bit more, but I'm still going to my, my own church. Hope ends up moving, um, or both my sisters end up moving to Houston, but Hope ends up moving, my sister ends up moving in with me and my grandfather, and she kind of starts going to the sanctuary like Sunday nights, and I still don't want to go, you mm-hmm. know. But then, so now I have Chuck, like, coming up on me about coming. So my stepdad's telling, you know, all the time, inviting me. Hope's going and kind of whispering in my ear a little bit. And my mom's kind of telling me, you know. And then uh, my grandfather starts in on me. And he's like, you know, you really need to go Sunday nights. You need to get some fellowship. You know, you need to make some friends. And I'm like, finally, I was like, you know what, fine. I'll go Mm -hmm. Sunday nights, but I'm not going to church every night. And it's funny because I remember Chuck inviting me to call to war. 
and hope was telling me like yeah it's called a war like we're not supposed to like be kneeling down and praying it's like spiritual warfare prayer <laughs> and I was like what I was like I'm not interested in that you know yeah no, whatever you guys are doing be... I don't want to be involved <laughs> exactly and it's so funny to like think back on it now because mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> it's the complete opposite now but then I was just oh so I started going Sunday nights and I think I go one Sunday night and I'm just like, nobody comes and hardly talks to me, you know, like Sister Jan and mm-hmm. like Sister Kennedy, Sister De La Santo. And I'm just like, you know, so thankful for them because like they are able to like kind of chip away, you yeah. know, at that hardness. And here comes Monday morning and the whole morning and the, well, the whole day, I just get this feeling over me and it's such like a sharp feeling and it's like the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's like, go to church tonight. Go to church tonight. And I'm like, Lord, I have three meetings after work. After work, I have three meetings. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to make it. And then I'm like, okay, okay, okay. If hope goes, I'll go. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, hope had like her final exams. And so she was not able to like go that night. And I was like, all right. So I'm in my last meeting. And um, I'm just sitting there. And I just stand up. And I'm like, I gotta go. My friend's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I gotta go to church. You know, I, I don't know. I gotta go to yeah, church. Yeah, you're like, like, I feel so much fear of the yes. Lord right now. I have to leave immediately. Exactly. And so it's like, I wasn't even in control. And so like, I get up, I go home and I like change. And I'm on my way. Well, actually I ask Hope, I don't even know how to get to the sanctuary. Yeah. I've been there like two get, times. Send me the address. Know? So she's like kind of telling me like the way to go. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So I'm on 45. And I'm passing under Main Street. Mm-hmm. And this, I'm in the far right-hand corner because I'm about to exit on Patton. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I can see my exit. So I'm in the far right-hand. And then the far left-hand lane, this girl in like a little car hits the side of the median and starts spinning out of control. And, you know, we're all just stopping. And I, I don't even really realize what's happening. But all, I'm just concerned for her. And so yeah. I just say... Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I don't yell it. I don't say anything more. I just say it just like that. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I just feel really strongly to stop. And so I stop and I get out of my car and this chick is drunk. Okay. She is drunk, drunk. She has an open container Mm -hmm. on the ground of the car. And I was like, oh man, this is bad. You know, this is really bad for her. And so she, we make her get out of the car because it's smoking mm-hmm. and just in case it like gets on fire. And so, um, she's like, I can't find my phone. And I found her phone and she was like, her mom starts calling her and she was like, Oh, I just can't hear you talk to her. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. So I'm just like, um, yeah, you know, and explain the situation to her mom and, uh, you know, kind of start talking to the girl after that. And she's like, you know, I'm so sorry. It looks like you're going somewhere. And I was like, you know, I'm going to church and I don't really know why it's not my church. And I was like, I feel like I was supposed to meet you right now. Mm-hmm. And she kind of just starts opening up to me. She was like, you know, I was going to commit suicide this morning oh. and I didn't. And she goes, I'm going, I'm on my way to see a friend. 
And she's like, you know, maybe I just will now. Like, look at my car. And I was like, listen. I was like, God loves you, you know. And I'm just mm-hmm. trying to speak into her. But she's also drunk, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to, like, speak life into her. And I was like, you know, can I get your name and, like, maybe your number? And she was like, no. And I had given her a hug at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And when I had given her a hug, she had said, that's the first hug that I've gotten in a year. And so, you know, my heart's just breaking, right? So I asked her for her name and her number, and she's just like, no, I'd really just like another hug. And so I'm like, all right. So I give her a hug until she pulls away. And this, this was the third person that had approached me within, like, two or three weeks for, like, or I guess she didn't approach me, but this was like the third person. And it was like the two other women were like seeking for prayer over different situations in their life. And I knew I was lacking something because I wasn't able to really minister Mm -hmm. or pray with authority. Like I knew I should have had from somebody who had been in church their whole life. Yeah. I wasn't able to let the Lord use me Mm -hmm. in the appropriate way. I didn't have liberty in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, you know, I get to church. I'm just bawling. And I get to church, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I hear uh, Prophet Shelton for the first mm-hmm. time. And this is uh, this is April 2017. And he's, like, preaching on sin that I'm, like, in. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, how does he know? I'm committing <laughs> that sin. And he's calling people out. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, please open up the altar. So, like the altar opens up and I'm like that first one it feels like you know I'm just mm-hmm. like oh I'm going to the altar you know I'm like Lord I promise I will I'm getting out of sin right now change my heart you know mm-hmm. and that kind of just started me on going to the sanctuary and one one of the main things was the liberty people had mm-hmm. in just worshiping and our church is nothing like it was back then you know but even back then it was something more than I had and so I just I start going on Sunday nights and then uh, the Lord just makes a way for me to actually move to the sanctuary and so I'm going but I'm not happy that I'm going Mm -hmm. I'm still not happy I'm still wanting to move to another organization because I still had was carrying so much hurt Mm -hmm. and bitterness probably you know it was just a lot and the lie, I guess what had been spoken into my spirit by my spiritual authority at that time was still weighing on me. Yeah. I was hearing those voices over and over again. And I was having to like wade through those waters of, you know, and I didn't really have an understanding like the Lord made you the way he wanted to make you, you know, like mm-hmm. you are wonderfully and fearfully made. You know, he chose you. Like I didn't have that in my spirit at all. Like at all at all Mm -hmm. and so I'm just really focusing on Lord you know I have to have a breakthrough and I can barely even pull myself to the altar like I feel so ashamed I feel so unworthy and all those things that I had just let in for those past three years and so I remember one night oh and I was that was also a time where it was prayer every night Mm -hmm. And so I was even going to prayer every night because I was being attacked so hardcore in my spirit of like all the words that had been spoken over me, those negative words, 
I was just hearing over and over in my mind. And I was trying to break through from that. And so I was going every night to prayer. I would stay about 30 minutes. I topped out at prayer for about mm-hmm. <laughs> after 30 minutes. And um, this was like the end of July 2017. So I had been going since May. And I'm Brother Fuller preached a message. And I'm just up at the front and I'm like, Lord, you know, and somebody comes to pray for me. And it just like, it hinders like my flow. It mm-hmm. hinders what I what the Lord had been speaking and she eventually kind of stops praying for me and somebody else comes around and starts just speaking life over me and it's like everything I'm feeling in my spirit like she's like coming against and I was like I didn't really know who this lady was at all mm-hmm. and um she just would not leave my side until I got that breakthrough and I got the breakthrough that I had been searching for thank you Jesus and when I tell you, it's like I heard literal chains falling off of me. Mm-hmm. And I was completely changed after that. Like, I had joy and peace and love. Like, I was seeing through new eyes. One of the hyphen members kind of confronted me about going to um, uh, NAYC. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, that's just... You know, I was, like, speaking really bad against yeah. NAYC. <laughs> he was like, yes, some people go for that. But we go... To praise the Lord, to worship Him, and it really convicted me. So mm-hmm. I was like, "All right, I'll go to NAYC." So two, like two or three days later, I end up going to NAYC, and you know, it's it's nothing like what we were experiencing at church, I think. But I was able to freely praise the Lord with my mm-hmm. brothers and sisters in Christ, and. I was able to receive the messages because those chains and so many of those spirits I had been battling were had just backed off. They were just mm-hmm. like, you know, the Lord had done like come and did a work that mm-hmm. no man could have done that I couldn't have done. And so I ended up like creating friendships and those friendships helped me grow in the Lord. I was able to really um, learn like how to get a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so from that time, I just continued to grow in the Lord and go deeper. And I was seeing a change in myself. Other people are seeing a change in me. And it was only the Lord was able to do that. Mm-hmm. And it really, you know, I kind of told you this earlier, but it's like our spiritual selves are kind of like an onion, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, I guess we're wrapped up with so many different things and the Lord will just continue to peel back different layers. And so I've kind of gone through different layers and different layers and different layers. And it's, it gets harder. I feel like to take those inner layers Mm -hmm. off. And, but you know, when you keep searching after the Lord and you are genuine about his voice and about knowing him and having a relationship with him, he will meet you there. And that was just, you know, I'm still learning. I, I, I'm not saying by any means I know the absolute truth. He's still revealing. I don't know. I, I hope I'm like an encouragement to somebody. But if I can leave anybody with a word, it's just seek God, you know. Mm-hmm. And make sure like who you're under is also under spiritual authority. Like mm-hmm. it really matters in your life. And you can only go so deep yeah. without that spiritual authority. Safely. Yeah. Right. And so... 
I'm so thankful that, you know, the Lord has brought me to this place. Amen. And even through all like those hard times and those hard, those hardships, you know, we're able to get so much more from him. You know, my grandfather always said like, God gives us all a deck of a hand of cards and we can't control what hands were given, like what mm-hmm. cards were given, but it matters how you play your cards. Yeah. And that's so very true. Like, he told me that, like, at a young, young age. (laughs) Like, okay, granddaddy. Right, like, preteen. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But I've never forgotten that. And it really does. It matters how you play. And it matters, you know, if you want a relationship with the Lord, what are you going to do to get that? And when I tell you, like, you can have conversations with the Lord. Mm -hmm. You can have conversations with the Lord. He will speak to you. He will direct you. But don't wait when you're in that battle to hear from the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't know his voice when you're not in the battle, you're not going to know his voice when you're in the battle. You have to seek him with, I mean, 100% full speed. So when you do get in those battles, you know exactly, you know exactly what he is saying. So, um. I just like encourage people to do that because that would have saved me a lot of heartache, you know. Yeah. But I'm I'm very thankful for my testimony and what God's brought me out of. Amen. I'm very thankful. I feel so blessed to be able to have this opportunity and be able to just get, you know, like personal and intimate with other people and like and I feel like this a lot of what I get to experience is like intimacy between me whoever's sharing and God it's like I every time we record I always feel like God is just sitting right there with us being like you know if he probably has his own commentary on what we have to say too but it's definitely I mean we all there's value in wherever you come from and whatever you come through and if there's anything that I've learned it's that there's no hurt that God can't heal there's no truth that he can't reveal and he'll do it for us because he loves us and he wants us to know him and he wants us to know his word and I'm thankful for that because if he just kind of gave us the word and then he's like all right figure it out I would yeah I probably would not be making it (laughs) it'd be like definitely tripping over ourselves a lot more. yes for sure but I'm thankful for his revelation and thank you for being willing to come on the podcast I'm thankful for people's confidence and their vulnerability in sharing different things about them because I know a lot of it is it is hard but yes we want to thank you guys for listening this week and we hope that you're able to receive something from this word and we pray for y'all in jesus name